listening to the Aquatic Wetline, a tropical fish-keeping podcast hosted by 23-year-old fish keeper Aqua Alex Cardinal. For three years, we provided you with quality tropical fish information, and we'll continue providing some information on freshwater and saltwater tropical fish. Let's dive down deep into the aquarium and chat fish. Live from his fish room is Aqua Alex. Aquatic Wetline is now live. Aquaria, 
Divers Den and Blue Zoo Aquatics Collectors Corner Spotlight, where I'll talk about the species of fish and inverts available to the hobbyist in the Divers Den and Collectors Corner of Live Aquaria and Blue Zoo Aquatics. Now, here's a very fun segment that I'm very happy to introduce to my listeners. It's Aquatic Wetlines version of a tropical fish magazine. It is called Saltwater Aquarium Spotlight, where I'm going to have facts that will help will help saltwater aquarists. And there's the Freshwater Aquarium Spotlight. It's going to be facts that will help freshwater aquarists. So... Since this is a question and answer, I'm going to begin the show by asking my fishkeeping listeners three questions. The first question I'm asking you is, what is your most expensive fish that you currently have right now? The second question is, what is your favorite fish And the third question is, is there a fish that has been claimed to be hard to keep alive, but you have succeeded in keeping? Again, the three questions are, what is your most expensive fish you have? What is your favorite fish? And is there a fish that has been claimed to be hard to keep alive, but you have succeeded in keeping? You can call in right now at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two to answer these questions and ask your very own questions. One more time, fish keepers. That's three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. Answer those three questions and ask your very own fish keeping questions. So right now, I'm going to go ahead and answer the three questions myself to get us started. Now, the first question, I actually have a lot of expensive saltwater fish, but I'm going to narrow it down to my top three. My first expensive fish for a single fish was $80, and that is my flame hawkfish. Secondly... My next expensive fish was my Picasso triggerfish at $65. And lastly, my new pair of black and white clownfish was $110 for the pair. And they are a mated pair, by the way. Now, my second question I'm asking you guys, what is your favorite fish? Well, my personal favorite fish right now are my flame hawk, my gold stripe maroon clownfish, and my new black and white clownfish pair, the black and white Ocellaris clowns pair. And the last question, is there a fish that has been claimed to be hard to keep alive, but you have succeeded in keeping? One fish I can say that I have succeeded in keeping in my years of fish keeping is discus. Um... And I think that would be the only fish that I have kept that people said that was hard. I, don't, I can't really think of any other ones, but right now I will say that it's discus. All right, so now it's time for me to start answering your questions. And I'm going to start with questions from Facebook fish groups, fish forms, and miscellaneous. These are all wonderful uh, questions, and I think that, It's going to provide some wonderful information to today's show. So let's get started. From my YouTube channel, 
AC Tropical Fish 1993. We have a question from Ricky Lay. I have a question about the fox face wool. I have a 120-gallon aquarium. My parameters are exactly where they need to be. I do weekly water changes. I have bubble tip anemones, star polyps, and other corals, as well as ocellaris clownfish, yellow tang, niger trigger, blue and green chromis. I purchased a fox face, and within 24 hours he died. I purchased another fox face, and within 24 hours, he also died. I, pu- I purchased a third fox face. He seems to be doing okay. He's been in the tank for three days. Now, however, he sees a lot. Any thoughts on this? Well, fox faces generally take a little while to settle into aquariums. Now, Fox faces are generally hardy, but there's always an exception with a certain specimen. Not all specimens are going to be the same. So maybe your first two fox faces had a hard time acclimating and adjusting to your parameters, and some fish are like that, or they were stressed out. Now, from personal experience, when I added a fox face to my tank that had a yellow tang, the yellow tang stressed out my fox face by chasing it around and hitting him with his barbell. So, your yellow tang possibly could have stressed out your fox faces to death. Now, for your new fox face, I'm glad to hear he's doing okay. But it is, perp- it is perfectly normal for them to be hiding a lot upon adding them to an aquarium because they usually um, take a little time to adjust to an aquarium because they're in a new environment. So, Ricky Lay, I hope I answered your question the way you wanted it answered, and I appreciate you uh, asking a question on my YouTube channel. So... My next question comes from Michael Stubbs from Tank Talk on Facebook. And he says he is looking for some good fish podcast. And I thought this was a really interesting question because I can share my personal favorite podcast that I listen to. One of the best fish podcasts out there is a podcast called Aquarium Max hosted by Russ and Kelly, I believe their names are. They are a wonderful couple who has a love for the fish hobby, and they really, really enjoy the uh, tropical fish hobby a lot. So I have to say Aquarium Max is uh, one of the best podcasts out there. Waru Joey also has a podcast that I really like and enjoy. And another one that I like is on um, iTunes. It's uh, it's the Saltwater one. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but it's a very informal podcast where they talk about um, corals and fish keeping. I think it's called Reef 101 or something like that. So that's a great question from Michael Stubbs from Tank Talk on Facebook. We have a few live callers here. In the studio, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, take the first call. 813, you're now live on Aquatic Wetlines Question and Answer. Thank you so much for calling in. Hi, this is Kevin. Thanks for taking my call. I love the program, and I listen to it when I'm here at work. 
Awesome. I'm glad to hear that you love the show, and uh, thank you so much for calling in. There is not very many shows like this out there that, that handle the topic, and, and you do a good job in carrying it, my friend, so I wish you all the best. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. I got a quick question, and then I'll let you go. Okay. Um, I recently got a new tank. I'm kind of new into this stuff. A friend turned me on to your show. And the problem that I'm having is um, I've got a couple of lemon fish. Do, we, do you know what these are? Um, no. They're big, bright yellow fish. Uh, I got a couple of coral fish and some betas, and I threw them all in the tank with some feeder fish. And I noticed that they were um, not nibbling or eating their food when I would feed them. So what I did is I took the flakes, dipped my cock in syrup, put the flakes on, dipped my cock in the in the fish tank. And Goodbye. Wow. <laughs> Some people are just too funny. All right, we have another caller here. 412, you're now on Aquatic Wetline. Thank you so much for calling. Hi, it's Ed. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Great. Just wanted to tell you, I took a shit in my fish tank and watched the fish eat it about two. Ay, ay, ay. Sometimes the idiots get through. Anyways, let's continue our uh, questions from uh, our wonderful fish forums and Facebook groups. So, now we have a question from Brad Herks of Tis from Facebook group Saltwater Aquarium and Reef Keeper Keepers. Maintenance question. Can I use the same bucket and hoses to clean my saltwater and freshwater tanks if I rinse well? Yes, you can use the same bucket and hoses to clean your saltwater and freshwater tanks as long as you clean them thoroughly, run tap water or RO water through them, and make sure that you get all of the um, water out of there. That way you don't cross-contaminate. The next question we have is from Tom Logan from the Cichlid Keepers Facebook group. Just wondering if anyone out there can help me out with some suggestions. I'm after a Central American slash South American cichlid that grows to 6 to 7 inch maximum. If I can get some suggestions, it would be greatly appreciated. Well, I have a few cichlids that you can consider. For Central American, you can consider a firemouth. They get to be about six inches max. They're a very beautiful fish with a gorgeous orange coloration on their face. And you could also get a Jack Dempsey. They max at about six, maybe seven, eight, nine inches. They do get pretty big, but they're a very beautiful fish. And the last fish from the Central American side is just under six inches, but it's a very gorgeous yellow fish. It's called the Salvini Cichlid. I'm a big fan of the Salvini Cichlid, and I think that they are a great addition to any Central American tank. Now, for the South American cichlids, you could do angelfish. They grow up to be about six to seven inches long. Um, you can do um, ram cichlids. They're small dwarf cichlids and festivums. So it really depends if you want to have an aggressive tank or if you want to have a peaceful community tank. So that was a great question from the Cichlid Keepers Facebook group. Now we have a question from Sierra Petrant from the Fish and Aquarium Discussion Group on Facebook. 
Who else believes in overfiltration? And that's a good question. I really believe in overfiltration because it's a very important part of the aquarium hobby because it keeps your tank pristine, keeps your tank clear, and your tank's going to have a lot more uh, beneficial bacteria in it, and it's going to be a lot easier on your fish. It's better to be overfiltered than underfiltered. And it's always good to have extra filtration on your aquarium. Now we have our final question from uh, Facebook. We have a question from CJ Malcol from Crispy Clean Aquariums. And he's saying, I'm interested in agar. What are the species and what's the smallest of them? And how hard are they to take care of? What are their requirements? And I have an answer for you. The smallest species of gar is the needle-nose gar. Now, the needle-nose gar originates from the rivers, slack waters, and ponds of Asia. They are a very long and slender fish that is mostly silver in color. Because of their body shape, they're able to produce very quick bursts of speed when in pursuit of prey. They have a very slender mouth that is filled with numerous small razor-like teeth. A 70-gallon or larger aquarium that is well-established is ideal for this species. Provides a needle-nose gar with a gravel substrate and plenty of rock for structure. There should be plenty of open swimming areas. A vicious predator, the needle-nose gar, should only be housed with other more aggressive predatory fish of similar size. A tight-fitting canopy is a must for the species as they can generate great speeds and easily jump out of the aquarium. Now, the needle's gar is a carnivore, and it should be fed a variety of live foods, such as small fish and crustaceans. Caution needs to be exercised when feeding these fish as they will readily bite the hand that feeds them. So I hope that answers your question. So this is the Aquatic Wetlines Fish Keepers Q&A, and I've answered all the questions that I'm going to answer from the Facebook groups and other fish sites. So I would like to remind you that you can call in at 1-347-989-8142 to ask a tropical fish question, and it must be a serious freshwater or saltwater question. Otherwise, I'm just going to hang up on you. I can tell whether or not your question is serious or not. So again, that's 1-347-989-8142. So right now, we're going to go ahead and start an awesome new segment here on the Aquatic Wetlines Q&A. Very excited for this segment. Perhaps one of the most famous and well-known tropical fish online store. We provide fresh and inserts for everyone in aquarium pumps, whether you use salt water, fresh water, or have a pump. Live aquarium pumps, salt water fish, well, paper, or already captured redfish such as clown, such as cardinals, and captured red well, fresh water fish and inserts and pond fish. One specialized section of our website is called Diver's Deck. On our number search, we'll find salt water fish with the fish. The pictures of the fish or animals you will get. Our world class diver's film has just been 
$34.99, and a Galaxy Pleco, $79.99. Again, for the rest of the marine fish, rest of the freshwater fish, rest of the corals, and inverts available at the Diver's Den, please go to liveaquaria.com forward slash Diver's Den. All right, now I'm going to go ahead and answer some emailed questions that I got. And I want to say thank you to my friend Jeffrey Jones for sending in some good questions. I am a good friend with Jeff. He is a wonderful fish keeper. We share the same passion for the fish hobby, and he's an all-around great dude. So thank you, Jeff, for sending in these questions. The first question that Jeff asked, he says, what are the top five chemicals to have on hand for fish health and water safety? Now, I have to admit, I'm a very old school kind of fish keeper. I just simply put water in the tank, turn my filters on, and plug in my heater, and let nature do its thing. But even I sometimes have to rely on chemicals. So my very first important chemical is um, water conditioner. Now, you can get any sort of water conditioner out there in the market, but some of the best ones that I like to use are Seachem, Prime, and Instant Ocean tap water conditioner. And that's, of course, because I have a saltwater aquarium. But for freshwater, you could definitely use Prime. Now, it's very important that when you are getting new fish, you must quarantine them. So I use a chemical or medication called Privy Pro. Now, Prozzi Pro clears any fish of any parasites, and it's definitely one of the better uh, quarantine medications out on the market today. A third chemical that I always recommend having on hand is Cordon Ick Attack. Now, ick happens in freshwater and saltwater, and it seems to be one of the best methods of um, dealing with ick. It does not eliminate ick. It just helps with the disease. It helps um, speed the, the, the life cycle of ick faster that it goes away eventually. The fourth chemical that I always like to have on hand is copper. Now, copper will rid ick in your tank pretty fast. However, copper is very sensitive to live plants and freshwater, very sensitive to corals and inverts in saltwater, so it only should be used for freshwater fish tanks or saltwater fish tanks. And the last chemical that I always like to have on hand for me is um, Carob Sea Purple Up. It just adds more... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? It adds more minerals to my saltwater aquarium. And I recommend Kerosene Purple Up to all of the fish keepers who have a saltwater aquarium. And it's also a good way to get coralline algae in your aquarium. I think all the fish keepers are going to like that. So those are my top five chemicals to have on hand for fish health and water safety. Now, Jeff's next question is, what are the top 10 fish for beginner aquarists? 
I'm going to answer that question with the top 20. Okay, Jeff? I'm going to do 10 for fresh water and 10 for salt water. We'll start with fresh water. The number one beginner fish in a freshwater aquarium is a betta. Now, bettas are relatively cheap. You can get them at Teco, Pet Supplies Plus, PetSmart, or, of course, your local fish store. And nowadays, there are a wide variety of bettas. I remember growing up as a child, I had a limited selection of bettas that I could have. Basically, all I had as a child growing up was a, a normal male betta or a female betta. Now you've got elephant ear bettas and all these fancy varieties of bettas. And bettas don't really require too much. All they require is maybe a 5-gallon to a 10-gallon aquarium, a filter, and a heater. That's basically all you need for a betta. So bettas are always going to be the first fish that I recommend to a freshwater beginner. The next best beginner fish for a freshwater aquarist would be live bearers. Fish like guppies, platies, mollies, and swordtails. These fish are really easy to keep. I mean, all you need for these fish are a fish tank, 20 gallons and up, a filter, a heater, and maybe an air stone. And these fish actually do breed. These fish breed a lot of babies and a lot of young. So they're going to provide a lot of offspring for the new hobbyist and the confidence of the beginner hobbyist is going to go up because they were able to breed some fish. The third best fish for a freshwater aquarist beginner is going to be tetras. Now, most tetras are very easy to keep. Tetras like the black skirt tetra, the third pay tetra, the blood fin tetra, the um, bonus Aries tetra, all of those tetras are pretty easy to keep. They're all relatively small, and they all generally are very peaceful. The fourth fish that I'm going to say is a good beginner fish for freshwater aquarists is rasboras. Rasboras are absolutely beautiful, and they're absolutely easy to keep. The fifth fish that I'm going to recommend for freshwater beginning aquarist is going to be barbs. Now, there's an exception here. Not all barbs are for beginners. Stay away from tinfoil barbs because they get absolutely huge and they get pretty big pretty fast. But tiger barbs, rosy barbs, gold barbs, and all those kinds of barbs are fine for beginners. Now, those are all peaceful fish, and I know that some people are going to want an aggressive tank. So I'm going to name some aggressive fish that are obviously good for freshwater beginners. The sixth best beginner fish is a fish called a convict cichlid. They're basically like the, the mollies and platies of the aggressive cichlid side because they breed nonstop, and they're always producing babies, and they're very easy to keep. The seventh best beginner uh, aggressive freshwater fish would be one of my personal favorites, an Oscar cichlid. Oscars are easy to keep. However, they get very large, and they produce a lot of waste. 
It is recommended that you always do water changes on an Oscar. And a beginner must get a tank 55 gallons and up to house an Oscar. So if you're a beginner and you want an Oscar, make sure you know the requirements of keeping an Oscar. 55-gallon tank and up. Water, water changes, a lot of oil filtration, and you need to have limited fish in your tank so that your Oscar can grow. The eighth best beginner aggressive fish would be a Jack Dempsey. Really nice looking fish, really easy to care for, and will do well in a 55-gallon aquarium. The ninth best beginner aggressive fish would be a firemouth. Again, these are beautiful fish. They get nice orange coloration on their face, and they're a very stunning fish. And the tenth best beginner fish, in my personal opinion, is Corridor's catfish. They are very hardy, they are very versatile, and they can probably get along in just about any freshwater system, but avoid putting them in a tank with... Um, in a tank with larger aggressive fish like Oscars because the Oscars are going to um, attack and possibly eat your quarries. So that was a good question there, Jeff. I hope I answered that question to the best of my ability and to your liking. All right, Jeff's next question is a very controversial one. He asks, what are the best methods for snail control in a planted aquarium? Now, I had to research this because I have never, ever kept a planted aquarium, and I have never, ever kept freshwater snails. So in my research, I found a couple of approaches. Now, the first approach is called the chemical approach. It is more often used by beginners due to its seeming simplicity. Chemicals that kill snails should be harmless to other tank inhabitants, but experienced aquarists will tell you that this approach can be used only if you don't care if other tank inhabitants will survive, especially if in a tank you have prawns, which are very sensitive to such chemical substances since usually they contain copper that is poisonous to all spineless species. Try not to overdose the chemical substance, since it can be lethal to all, your, all the fish in your tank. For example, you can use tropical hydrotox. Manual removing of snails. This is the most tiring and exhausting approach, but the majority of aquarists still use it. Usually it's done when cleaning a tank and the snails are removed too. Though, this isn't a way to get rid of snails completely, but it helps to control their population. Vegetable bait for snails. Snails love vegetables such as lettuce, cucumber, or cabbage. Pieces of these vegetables can be used as a bait. In the evening, put some vegetables on the plate, on the tank bottom. In the morning, you'll see a number of snails there, and you can remove them from the tank. Another way that guaranteedly will help you to get rid of snails is take a banana, put its skin into some warm place for several hours. When the skin gets dark, put it into the tank, better in the evening, and turn the lights off. In the morning, 
you'll see a number of shellfish on the banana skin. You'll just have to you'll, you'll just have to throw them away. If you do this about three or four times, you'll take quite a lot of snails out of the tank. The only drawback of such an approach is that the water gets a bit muddy. It becomes chalky, but it's okay. It'll pass in two to three days. As well as manual removing of snails out of the aquarium, this approach is unlikely to help you to free the tank from snails completely, but this way you'll be able to control their population. The natural approach, traps for snails. Traps for snails are manufactured by many companies nowadays. You can always order them over the Internet. They are different in their construction, but they act all in the same way. A snail smells the feed, gets inside the trap, and can't get out. This is the good way to decrease the number of snails, but it requires time and constant effort. Natural approach. Fishes that feed on snails. There are several types of tank fish that feed on snails. The best one is the green spotted puffer. And clown loaches. Believe it or not, clown loaches love snails. So you can try species like a green spotted puffer, clown loaches, zigzag loaches, or other loaches that eat snails. So, Jeff, I hope that you liked that answer. It was a very uh, wonderful answer, in my opinion. I definitely learned a, a lot about removing snails from a freshwater aquarium. So those are just three of Jeff's first emailed questions. I'm going to answer the final three questions later on in the show. I want to remind you that you can call in at 1-347-989-8142 to answer my three questions tonight. What's your favorite fish? What is your most expensive fish? And what is a difficult fish that people say is difficult to keep that you own and is not difficult? And also you can ask me your very own tropical fish questions. 1-347-989-8142. Blue Zoo Aquatics, a saltwater online fish store that provides quality saltwater tropical fish such as goats, cloudfish, triggerfish, puffers, lionfish, and more, corals, and inverts. One special section of our website is called Collector's Corner. Collector's Corner offers saltwater fish and corals and inverts. More info about the Collector's Corner. What you see is what you get. Pictures are of the actual specimen you will receive. All of our photos are taken from above lit by 250 W15 000K mobile bulbs. We try to capture the color rendition of the corals as we see them. Color variation may occur in your aquarium depending on your lighting. All orders placed with collector's choice specimens must be shipped out within two business days. Now Alex will tell you about the current selection available in our collector's corner. Blue Zoo Aquatics Collector's Corner Spotlight. The following fish and inverts are available at BlueZooAquatics.com under the Collector's Corner portion of the website. These fish are listed on October 5th, 
2016. We're going to start off by what you see is what you get fish. In the fish section of the uh, collector's corner at Blue Zoo Aquatics, first up we have the Alar Clownfish. Two to three inches for $49.95. We have an Ellen's Damselfish at a half inch to one inch for $14.95. There is a Atlantic Blue Tang Juvenile, one inch long, and he's on sale for 15% off, $42.46. There is a Barney Surgeon Fish, three to four inches. For $149.95, a Blue Belly Half Moon Triggerfish, 15% off, 4 to 5 inches for $84.96, a Flame Hawkfish, 2 inches, $49.95, a Firmasoma Wrath, 2 to 3 inches, $79.96, and he's on sale for 20% off. There is a fuzzy dwarf lionfish, three to four inches, $53.95 on sale for 10% off. There is a green chorus wrasse, two to three inches, $24.95. A lemon damsel, 1.5 to two inches, $9.95. Multicolor angelfish, two inches, very gorgeous fish, $69.95. Niger trigger, one inch to one and a half inches, $29.95. Orange back fairy wrasse, well, this is an absolutely stunning fish, three to four inches, $99.95. There is a raccoon butterfly fish, one of my personal favorites, one to 1.5 inches, $39.95. There is a Springer's damsel, a half inch to one inch for $14.95. A cowboy damsel fish, Half an inch to one inch for $7.96, 20% off. There is a tassel filefish, two inches for $59.95. And there is a Vincitus angelfish, very beautiful, rare angelfish, two inches for $149.95. That is the fish selection in the collector's corner. Now we're going to go to inverts here on uh, Lectus Corner on Blue Zoo Aquatics. There is a Arrow Crab, two to three inches for $14.95. A Blue Coral Banded Shrimp, one inches for $26.95 on sale for 10% off. There's a Blue Sponge, one to one and a half inches, $34.95. A Blueberry Gregorian, four to five inches for $69.95. There is a Bongo Shrimp, 0.5 inches for 41.21 on sale for 25% off. There is a Christmas tree rock worm for uh, three to four inches, 59.95. A double sea star, two to three inches, 39.95. A one inch Halloween hermit crab, 19.95. There is an orange spiny lobster, three to four inches for 49.96. There is a Pedersen Cleaner Shrimp, a half inch to one inch for $34.95. And also a Ultra Colored Rock Anemone, one inch to one and a half inches, $89.95. Now for the corals and the rest of the selection 
at the collector's choice at Blue Zoo Aquatics, please go to BlueZooAquatics.com and go to the collector's corner and order these fish or inverts. Remember, what you see is what you get at Blue Zoo Aquatics Collector's Corner. So if you order from Blue Zoo Aquatics Collector's Corner or Live Aquarius Diver's Den, please tell them Aqua Alex sent you. So that was a very awesome segment. I love the Blue Zoo Aquatics Collector's Corner segment and the Live Aquaria Diver's Den segment. I hope that becomes a success here on the Fish Keepers Q&A. Now, I have another wonderful fellow fish keeper that is actually a personal friend of mine that has some uh, wonderful questions that he wants me to answer. And I want to say thank you to my friend Donovan Barger for some good fish keeping questions. I love answering his questions, and I love chatting fish with my friend Donovan. So let's go ahead and answer some of his questions. Donovan wants to know, what do you keep your salinity at in your saltwater aquarium? Well, I have two saltwater aquariums currently, and I keep my 55-gallon fish only with live rock tank that has two fox faces, one spot fox faces. Um, it has a manila puffer. It has my flame hawk, my lawnmower blenny, and my gold maroon clownfish in it. And I keep my uh, salinity in that tank at 1.024. Now, my other tank is a 29-gallon display tank. It has currently in it, right now, it's got the black and white Ocellaris clownfish pair and a yellow Watchman goby. I'm going to be adding some inverts to that tank, fire shrimp, cleaner shrimp, and snails. So that salinity in that tank is 1.0. His next question is, when is your freshwater aquarium going up? That is a very tough question because I am currently planning that tank out. I don't have a definitive date yet. I think it's going to be possibly in 2017, possibly in January, February, March, or April of 2017, but it's definitely going to happen because I've been getting a freshwater itch again, but I don't ever see myself leaving the saltwater hobby because I definitely love the saltwater hobby, and I do miss the freshwater hobby. But I have decided what I'm going to keep when I return to freshwater. I'm going to be keeping chocolate cichlids and catfish and uh, possibly silver dollars again. So sometime in 2017, most likely, is going to be the time that I get a freshwater aquarium again um, because I don't see myself getting one for the remainder of 2016. For the remainder of 2016, I'm going to be taking care of some stuff and taking care of my saltwater tank. And, of course, the holidays are coming up. His next question is, what do you feed your saltwater fish? Well, I give my saltwater fish a variety of foods. They get market shrimp that I get from my grocery store, uncooked market shrimp. So if you ever want to feed your fish raw shrimp, make sure it's uncooked and it comes from your grocery store. I, they get market shrimp. I also give them Hakari frozen foods. They get Hakari frozen bloodworms, Hakari frozen myesis shrimp, and they also get new life 
air up marine pellets. And sometimes I'll give them new, uh, new era marine flakes and also nori for the algae eaters. So they all eat. They're very fun to watch to eat. Very, I love uh, saltwater. They're a very interactive fish. His next question is, have you ever thought about keeping coral? The answer to that question is yes, I have thought about keeping coral, but the thing is coral are very expensive and it requires a lot more time and a lot more patience and a lot more hard work to maintain a coral reef aquarium. And by having the corals in your tank, you limit your selection of tropical fish you can have. If I were to keep corals, that means no more triggers, no more puffers, possibly no more hawkfish. Um, because I love triggers and puffers. So at the moment, I have decided that I'm better off with a fish only with live rock setup. But maybe in the future, when I have more space for tanks, I will do a coral aquarium. So those are four of Donovan's first questions. He's got way more awesome questions. We're going to answer those in the second half of the show. I can't wait to finish answering all of Donovan's questions. All right, so that was a great start to our question and answer, a very, very good start so far, despite our funny callers, but hey, you are successful if you get funny callers, is how I think, and I actually thought those calls were pretty funny. Hopefully you guys did as well. So coming up next here on Aquatic Wetlines, Tropical Fish Keepers Q&A, we're going to finish the questions from fish keeper Jeffrey Jones, Donovan Barger, and we're also going to debut two of our new segments, Freshwater Spotlight and Saltwater Spotlight. But right now, we're going to go ahead and take a short commercial break with some words from Aquatic Wetline and some, comings, some upcomings for the Aquatic Wetline. So let's go ahead and hear our commercial. We're back after this commercial break. Hey guys, this is Donovan. I'd like to tell you a little bit about my show, Here for the Fix. I talk about how to become a fish keeper until now, talk everyday fish keeping, and about my favorite fish, African fishes. So go check out my YouTube channel, Here for the Fins, all together, lowercase, and check out my Facebook, Here for the Fins. Hikari offers a wide selection of aquatic diets to help you and your fishy friend find success. With more than 137 years of aquatic experience, Hikari was the originator of species-specific diets long before others thought it was important or trendy, and the first to bring unique products to fish keepers like algae wafers, the world's first diet specifically formulated for Picosinus, micropellets, the world's first micro-coated aquatic diet for tropical fish, Saki Hikari, the world's first probiotic-enhanced diet for koi, goldfish, cichlid, and now turtles. And Biopure, the world's cleanest and most nutrition-packed frozen and freeze-dried foods, industry trendsetters when they were first introduced. When you're looking for the best aquatic diets your hard-earned money can buy for your aquatic pets, look no further than Hikari. Your fish and your wallet will be forever grateful.
tropical fish keepers of both freshwater and saltwater. You are invited to be a part of Aquatic Wetlines Group exclusive to the fish keepers and listeners of Aquatic Wetlines. The name of the group is Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline on Facebook. On this group you can post pictures of your aquarium, your fish, and chat fish. There will be contests and more. So join right now. Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline on Facebook.
Yeah, this is the Aquatic Wetline, a tropical fish-keeping show brought to you by Aqua Alex in Springfield, Massachusetts. Let's get back to the tropical fish chat right now. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta love Peter Griffin. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Tropical Fish Keepers Question and Answer here live on Aquatic Wetline. What a great first half of the show where I answered some of Jeff and Donovan's questions and also debuted Blue Zoo Aquatics Collector's Corner and Live Aquaria Diver's Den Spotlight. Now here in the second half, I'm going to finish answering Jeff and Donovan's questions and also debut Freshwater Spotlight and Saltwater Spotlight. I do want to remind any of our live listeners out there that you can call in at 1-347-989-8142 to ask a tropical fish question or answer my three questions tonight. Again, that's 1-347-989-8142, and my three questions are, one more time, what is your favorite fish? What is your most expensive fish that you're keeping right now? And what is a fish that has been listed difficult to keep but you have no problems keeping? You can answer those questions by calling in or listening to the archive version of today's show. Please post your answer in the Aquatic Wetline exclusive Facebook group, Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline. And also, if you're catching this show on archive and you have a tropical fish question that you want to answer to, please post it in the Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Quitline group on Facebook where I'll answer it and also put it on our next edition of Tropical Fish Keepers Q&A. All right, so let's get back into action here. Now I'm going to finish answering my pal Jeff Jones' questions. And he's got a very interesting question right here that I definitely want to answer. So his next question goes, the forever discussed betta fish debate, do they belong in a small bowl or larger community aquariums? Now, bettas have been popular in the United States for God knows how long. We just know that they've been here for quite a long time. And all that time, people have been keeping bettas in plant bowls, large bowls, fish bowls, etc. Now, bettas are relatively easy fish to keep. All they really need is clean water and oxygen. However, in an aquarium bowl, there is very little oxygen. So, recently... Fish tank companies have created smaller size tanks just for bettas, like two-gallon nano tanks, five-gallon nanos, seven-gallon nanos, ten-gallon nanos. So I personally would say no more fishbowl 
The fishbowl is a thing of the past. Never, ever buy a fishbowl to keep a fish permanently inside it. You're better off using a fishbowl to acclimate fish to your display tank. Never, ever keep a betta inside a fishbowl because, A, there's no swimming space and there is no oxygen. Now, all you've got to spend for a betta aquarium is anywhere from 10 to 30 or $40, depending on the size aquarium you get. So let's say you bought a five-gallon nano tank. You can have your betta, you can have some gravel, you can have some plastic plants, and a filter. And your betta's going to thrive in there. He'll live longer than what he would live in a bowl. So please put the fish bowls behind us and don't keep a betta in a bowl. The same thing can be said with the goldfish. Now, I know that fair season was here in New England. The Big E was here, and I think there's fair season and carnivals all around the country right now. And I know there's a game where you can actually win a common goldfish. And people actually go home and um, bring this common goldfish home, and they put it in an aquarium bowl, not realizing that this goldfish does not have a stomach, so it produces a lot of waste, let alone the fact that this goldfish gets to be about 20 inches in length when it's full-grown. It has no, no place in a goldfish bowl. I actually think that the United States should put a ban on the goldfish game where they give away goldfish because it's inhumane. Although they are feeder goldfish and they are kind of cheap, it's the point of live animals suffering. So if you guys want to better, get an aquarium, 5 to 20 gallons or up. This way here, you can have tank mates with your betta, whether it be tetras or corridorous catfish. So, Jeff, I say I favor the larger community tanks. Jeff's last question is, could you talk about, about the process of shipping fish for someone who may be nervous or concerned about buying their fish online? Very good question. Now, online fish shopping has been popular for the last couple of years, and it definitely has grown with sites like Live Aquaria, Tangled Up in Cichlids, Aqua Dreams, uh, Aquascape Online, and Blue Zoo Aquatics, and Coast Gem USA. Those are all some of the most popular online fish stores. And more and more people are ordering from these stores because the local fish store does not supply some of the more harder-to-find species of fish or the more fancier species. For example, Coast Gem USA sells more of the fancier versions of fancy goldfish, like a black cap oranda. You're definitely not going to find that at a Petco or a PetSmart or maybe even your local fish store. It comes directly from China, a very beautiful fish. He's got all those fantastic-looking uh, fancy goldfish. And also, you can probably buy a lot of these fish in bulk cheaper than what you would buy at uh, a local fish store. But the online fish stores do have a catch. You do have to pay for shipping. And you don't get a discount like the local fish stores get for the shipments they get. You're usually going to pay about 30 or $40 for shipping. 
However, the giant online fish store sites like Live Aquaria, Blue Zoo Aquatics, SaltwaterFish.com, they do offer free shipping if you spend over $100 plus. So I know for Blue Zoo it's 175. I mean, uh, for Blue Zoo it's 150. For Live Aquaria it's 175, and I think SaltwaterFish.com it's 125. So that is a way of helping the aquarium hobbyist. So really, four fish gives you free shipping basically if you're fishing in the $20 range or even $15 range. Now, let's talk about the day you actually order your fish. Make sure your tank is ready for the new fish. That's the first most important thing. Do a water change in that tank, whether it's fresh water or salt water. Make sure your water parameters are where they need to be. Then go ahead and place the order. Make sure you order fish that you know you can keep. Do your research on the fish. So always research. You can research before you purchase or after your purchase. But make sure you do your research so you get to know the care for the fish. Once you research, get ready to have the fish. Make sure you've got the food on hand that you're going to feed the fish. Now, when you order your fish, you're going to get an order confirmation in your email. And what that confirmation is going to be is letting you, letting you know that your order went through and they are processing your order. Now, what they mean by processing your order is they're actually collecting payment from you. Whether you pay by PayPal or your credit card, that's how they're going to collect the money that you uh, paid them for the fish. After your order has gone through, they will ship your fish. Now, most companies will use about a third to a quarter amount of water in the bags with the rest being oxygen. And that is exactly, exactly what you want. I have to commend Live Aquaria and Blue Zoo Aquatics for doing just that, providing excess oxygen in the bags. Once the fish are bagged and placed in the box, the box is sealed and ready for shipment. They usually ship out their fish at around 8, uh, around 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific. That's the time that most fish companies online ship their fish. At about 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific, they should send you your tracking number. It could be a little after that or a little later in the evening, but they will send you a tracking number. Now, when you get your tracking number, make sure that you're home during the day the next day. Take your day off of work that day or go into work later because it's very important for somebody to be there to pick up the fish. Otherwise, the fish could possibly die if it's in the winter or summer. So it's very important to be there. So always keep an eye on where your package is. Now, when I order online, I had to wake up every few hours to see where my package was. That's because I'm a fish junkie, and I wanted to make sure that my fish were okay. And I personally recommend doing that because that way you'll know where your fish are and when to expect them to be close to you. So let's say, for example, you live in Massachusetts and you ordered fish from Florida. When the fish first gets shipped, it's going to say leaving destination site. And destination site is where you purchased the fish from. 
arrival at UPS uh, site where your fish are going to get shipped all across the UPS stations. And then when it says in transit, that means your fish is on the way to you. So always keep an eye on that stuff. Now, next morning it's going to tell you where exactly your fish is. And usually it's like the next state away from you. So it's going to be in Connecticut if you are from Massachusetts. So get ready. Check your water one more time. Take a shower and wait for your package to come in. Now, when your package doesn't arrive, I know a lot of us want to do YouTube videos, a lot of uh, unboxings for our YouTube channel, but what I recommend doing first so that you don't show a dead fish on your YouTube video is to open the box and have yourself get the first sneak peek to make sure the fish is alive. Because that's exactly what I do. I don't want to make sure that um, I don't show off dead fish because, A, it makes the company look bad, and it makes me, the fish keeper and host of the YouTube channel, look bad. So I always recommend um, doing a sneak peek when your fish arrive to make sure they're alive and well. Now, when you get them, bring them to your fish room or wherever the fish tank is, and um, check out the fish, make sure there's no ammonia burns. Now, because the fish are in that bag for 24 hours, or X amount of hours they've been in there, they're going to have a lot of ammonia. So when you open the bag, oxygen is going to create more and more ammonia that's going to create a toxic level of ammonia. So what you're going to want to do to combat that is put in prime or some sort of ammonia detoxifier. It will make the ammonia less toxic for the fish then you can start acclimating your fish. Now, the online fish store fish are the only fish that I say you can rush acclimation because of the high ammonia, but you still want to trip acclimate them for about 25 to 30 minutes. You should not be nervous or concerned about buying fish online as long as you buy from a really good supplier like Live Aquaria or Blue Zoo Aquatics. Buy from an online store that has a lot of customer feedback. The more good reviews there is, then you know for sure the company is good. For example, my friend discus man Willie T bought from a discus person, discus R Us, and he was totally ripped off. He got sold all sick and dying fish and all um, discus that were stunted and hormoned. And the guy charged him a hell of a lot of money for all of these discus, and he took advantage of a 63-year-old man. And he knew that this man was financially struggling, and it's very sad that this person with sick fish took advantage of someone like that. Very, very sad. It is sad the amount of uh, sick fish keepers, sick and twisted fish keepers there are in this hobby out there. But just make sure that you research the online suppliers that are selling fish so that you don't get flamed in the end because um, once you send money to these people, you're not going to get it back once the fish arrives dead. So always make sure that you research 
the online fish stores. I personally recommend Live Aquaria, Blue Zoo Aquatics, Tangled Up in Cichlids, Aquascape Online. They are the best online fish stores I have ever seen. So, Jeff Jones, thank you for your questions. It was a pleasure answering them. All right. I'm going to go ahead and answer Donovan Barger's, my fish-keeping friend's, last questions. He wants to know, where do you buy your fish from? Well, for me personally, I buy my fish from a variety of sources. Locally, I buy my fish from Fish Frenzy Tropical Fish at Picard. That's where I got my black and white Othellus clown pear and my yellow watchman goby from. And also my very beautiful ORA captive bred gold striped maroon clownfish. And I also buy from School of Fish, Inc. from time to time. So Fish Frenzy School of Fish, Inc. are the two biggest places in Western Mass that I buy my fish from. From time to time, I will go to Aqua Dreams. Um, but they're way out in Feeding Hills, which is far from where I live. Now online, I buy from two places, Live Aquaria and Blue Zoo Aquatics. I love Live Aquaria's Diver's Den and some of the fish that they offer, and I love Blue Zoo Aquatics' low prices for high-quality fish. Donovan's next question is, what is your last fish for the 55-gallon saltwater tank? Well, I've got a puffer, so that's off the list. I've got a fox face, that's off the list. I've got a flame hawk, that's off the list. I've got a maroon clown, that's off the list. So I think what's missing for me is a Picasso trigger, so I'll get that. Um, I'm also missing a goby, so I'm going to get a pink-spotted watchman goby. Those are beautiful. And also a lionfish. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're probably yelling at your computer screen or your cell phone screen saying, what the hell, the city is overstocking this tank. Well, once again, folks, the 55-gallon is not a permanent setup. Why? Because I'm upgrading again. I'm going to be upgrading to a 90-gallon or above once again. Um, or even a 75-gallon aquarium because I like all these big saltwater fish and uh, I need the um, bigger space for these fish. And the only reason I sold my 120 a few months ago was because I needed the money for my puppy. And now that I have everything situated, I can again upgrade to the saltwater hobby. All right. His next question is, what is a good fish for a beginner's saltwater aquarium, clownfish. Believe it or not, clownfish are great fish for a beginner's saltwater aquarium because they're hardy and they're not as aggressive as damsels. I see people using damsels to cycle their aquarium. Once you get damsels in your tank, you're not going to get them out because they're territorial and they hide a lot. So clownfish are the best beginning saltwater aquarium What?
All right. Sorry about that. I had a call come through. Now let's move on to my next question from Donovan. What lights do you use on your saltwater tank? And and also, what would you use on a freshwater tank? Well, to be perfectly honest with you, I currently use an LED light on both of my saltwater tanks. These are ordinary LED lights that can be used for freshwater or saltwater. There is nothing um, significant about them other than they're just lights where I can see the fish. Um, I am planning on upgrading to much better lights. I definitely want a blue light because I think the blue lights make the tank look cool. I want, t- I want a light that has multiple color options, but I don't want to necessarily spend $150 to $300 on a light, so I'm going to try working on my budget to find a decent light. Now, for freshwater tanks, you can use any kind of light that you like as long as it showcases your fish. Now, Donovan's next question, next question is, what is your favorite fish for the saltwater hobby? Well, my personal favorite fish are fox faces, flame hawk fishes, niger trigger and Picasso trigger, and gold stripe maroons and black and white clownfish. Those are some of my favorite fish for the saltwater hobby. And, of course, I also love lionfish. I think lionfish are an interesting fish. And Donovan Barger's last question is, why haven't you gotten into African cichlids yet? Um, to be perfectly honest, I have never, ever been into African cichlids. They're not my cup of tea. Um, they are a very beautiful fish, but I just don't like the aggression that comes with African cichlids. I have been thinking about setting up an African cichlid tank, um, but I, it hasn't come to fruition. I do love the Frontosia cichlids, and I respect everyone out there that has an African cichlid tank. There's a, a lot of beautiful African cichlids out there, like the Trophia species, like the Yellow Labs, and all of those gorgeous species. But never say never, right? Because anything can happen in this world. I never thought I'd be in saltwater, and here I am. I have a saltwater tank. I never thought aquatic wetline would reach three years and it's over 300 episodes, but I have. So never say never. Maybe one day I will have an African cichlid setup. And I do love frontosias, so I'm going to possibly one day have a frontosia tank. Donovan Barger, I want to thank you for all of your wonderful questions, and I had a blast answering them. Once again, Donovan, you rocked it with your wonderful questions. All right, it's time for the debut of the segments that I love here on Aquatic Wetline. These are going to be fun segments, and I hope that you guys are going to enjoy them as well. But first, I want to remind you that you, can, you guys can call in at 1347-989-8142 to ask a question. Again, that's 1347-989-8142 to ask any tropical fish keeping questions you have. Because after these segments, we're going to wrap up this show. So don't miss your chance to ask me a question. Here we go, our Aquatic Wetlines version of a magazine. Freshwater fish keepers, what are the latest trends in the freshwater side of the aquarium hobby? What is the most popular event with freshwater? 
Freshwater Aquarium Spotlight, October 5th, 2016. A guide to the beginner's 55-gallon freshwater aquarium. Now, you know that places like Petco, PetSmart, and Walmart sell what we call aquarium kits. Now, in these aquarium kits, you usually have the tank, a light, a filter, and a heater. So essentially, everything you need to set up the aquarium, of course, without the stand. Now, I do believe these kits come in many different sizes. You have a 10-gallon kit, a 20-gallon kit, I believe there's a 30-gallon kit, and of course, the 55-gallon kit. Now, what Petco, PetSmart, and Walmart, and all the stores like that do, is they sell these tanks at a relatively good price so that many people enter the fish keeping hobby and more specifically enter the freshwater hobby. Now they have them at such good prices because they want people to buy the tank and the fish the very same day. Now if you look in the back of these aquarium kit packages they have a list of what fish can live in the aquarium size that you are buying and let me tell you those lists are very very bad it's a very overstocked tank and this is the reason why a lot of people that enter the aquarium hobby fail for example on the 55 gallon kit at Walmart it says that you can have four Oscars a Pleco a Pictus Catfish and a Jack Dempsey Wow, holy cow, that is one overstocked 55-gallon aquarium. You are basically setting the beginner up for failure. Also, it said you could have 12 Tiger Barbs, 12 Neon Tetras, 3 Angelfish, 2 Kissing Garamis, 2 Blue Garamis, a Pleco, and Corridor's Catfish. Another really overstocked tank. So... My message to the beginners out there that go to Walmart, see the aquarium quits, and they want to buy them, do not follow the livestock um, on the back of the box, because it is absolutely wrong. Wrong. If I remember correctly, it was saying that in the 30-gallon kit, you could have four fancy goldfish in a 30-gallon tank. Never mind the fact that fancy goldfish, goldfish produce a lot of waste. That's going to be one smelly tank. So don't ever follow the livestock instructions, whatever we want to call it, on the back of those kits. Now, I do agree that a 55-gallon aquarium is the best beginner tank size in freshwater. I, I say that because there's more room for water, more volume for the water, so you're not going to have any uh, problems. Smaller tanks tend to have more problems because there's a smaller volume of water. So the bigger the tank, the less issues you're going to have. 
You're going to have very clean water with your filtration. Always recommend using double filtration. So you should always buy another filter besides the one that you have that comes with the kit. Always buy another one to have over filtration. Also, a 55 gallon tank allows you to have more fish than what you would have in a 10 gallon or a 20 gallon tank. And a lot of freshwater fish will do well in a 55 gallon aquarium. So, folks, do not go out buy fish without researching. It is very important to research fish that will do well in a 55 gallon aquarium community setup. Now, there are many different kinds of setups you can do in a 55-gallon aquarium. You could do a community setup or an aggressive setup. Now, here is the basic beginner 55-gallon community setup. Tetras. A wide variety of tetras will do well in a 55-gallon tank, including neon tetras, black skirt tetras, um, Serpe tetras, and some other wonderful species of tetras. Garamis will do well in 55, but I would limit myself to about three or four garamis in a 55-gallon aquarium. One or two angelfish will do great in a 55-gallon aquarium. Um, Corridor's catfish are fine for 55-gallon. You could probably get away with about a dozen Corridor's catfish. Uh, for a pleco, because I know a lot of beginners are going to want a sucker fish, as they call them, I would recommend a bristle-nose pleco and not the large common pleco, because the large common pleco gets really huge. Now, luckily, you can find bristle-nose plecos or bushy-nose plecos of the Ancestorous genius at Peco and PetSmart. Now, I'm pretty sure I just botched their scientific name, but you can find bushy-nosed plecos at Peco or PetSmart, and, of course, your local fish store. Now, for decor in your 55-gallon aquarium community setup, you can have plastic plants, gravel, or sand. You're going to need two filters to make sure it's over-filtered, uh, and a heater, and you're going to want to do a water change once or twice a week, and you are good to go. That is a very basic, very basic uh, freshwater beginner tank. And that is this week's Freshwater Spotlight. Join us next time for our next Freshwater Spotlight, where we're going to have three topics. We're going to talk about freshwater gobies and freshwater pufferfish. We're going to talk about removing the goldfish from your ponds and into aquariums for the fall and winter. And we're going to talk about plecos, the good plecos and the bad plecos, next time on Freshwater Spotlight. Saltwater Aquarium Spotlight, October 5th, 2016, Reef Safe Fish with Caution. First, we're going to begin this segment with the question that is, 
What does reef safe mean? Well, reef safe means that it's a fish or invert that will do wonderful with corals or other fish or inverts. It basically means that the fish or invert will not eat, destroy, or bother corals or fish. Now, somewhere along in the hobby, people are going to try and add uh, fish that are normally listed as incompatible with reef systems. They're going to try adding them to the tank to see if they have luck at it. Now, there are some species of aggressive fish that are labeled reef safe with caution. Now, what this means is that they usually are okay with corals, but they will eat small inverts like shrimp, snails, etc. There are some reef safe fish in every genre of the saltwater species and the saltwater hobby because they all live in the ocean. But it's hard to find which ones are reef safe in the aquarium hobby. So, based on my research, I'm going to name a few species of some of the most common saltwater fish that I think can do okay in a reef tank, provided there is no small shrimp or snails, because they will easily be eaten. We'll start with puffer fish. Now, a reef-safe puffer that has had a lot of success being kept in a reef tank, for my research, is the Valentini puffer. It happens to be a dwarf puffer as well. Another one is the sharp nose Toby puffer. Also, the blue-spotted Toby puffer are the top three reef-safe puffers, according to my research. Now, reef-safe triggers. Triggerfish are one of the most popular saltwater fish out there. They're also one of the most gorgeous and unique fish out there as well. But most triggers will eat inverts and kill other fish. We all know that the popular clown trigger and the Picasso trigger are very aggressive. But there are quite a few triggers that are reef safe, provided there are no small shrimp or snails or anything small enough to be eaten. One of them is one of my personal favorite triggers, and that is the Odonis Niger trigger. The red tooth trigger, or often known as the Niger trigger fish. This is a very beautiful, deep blue coloration. Uh, it has like an aqua blue coloration, a very beautiful trigger. Gorgeous fish, and it's also one of the cheaper reef safe triggers out there. Um, the blue jaw triggers are reef safe. They're actually one of the smallest trigger fish available to the saltwater hobbyist. Uh, and they're all absolutely gorgeous. The male blue throats are the ones that you want because they have uh, the most coloration. But you could do a male and female pair of uh, blue jaw triggers. Red tail trigger fish are reef safe as well. And the most expensive trigger fish that I have found, the cross hatch trigger fish, can also be reef safe. Now, reef safe hawkfish. Yes, hawkfish can be kept in a reef tank, but 
absolutely no shrimp or small inverts must be in there because they will be eaten. Flame hawks, arc eyes, long nose hawks, giant hawkfish, all of them will do okay in a reef system. Lionfish will do fine in a reef tank provided that there is no small fish that they can eat. Um, damsels are fine, but they get territorial and can become quite aggressive. Notice I said reef safe with caution. These fish can do okay in a reef tank, but there's always fish that have different personalities. So please be cautious when considering adding any of these fish to your reef tank because they may be different than other people's experiences and they may nip at corals. That's it for this week's edition of Saltwater Fish Spotlight. Join us for the next Saltwater Fish Spotlight where I will focus on ORA captive bred clownfish and discuss the different types of captive bred clownfish and venom. I'll talk about the venomous saltwater fish in the aquarium hobby. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed the debut of Aquatic Wetlines version of a magazine with Freshwater Spotlight and Saltwater Spotlight. Very informal stuff right there. I also hope you enjoyed the debut of Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline Fish Keepers Q&A because we've reached the end of our wonderful show. Before I end today's show, I have a couple of news and announcements that I would like to make regarding the Aquatic Wetline. Now, due to, the, due to the success of Aquatic Wetline and all you fish keepers, I have created a Facebook group called Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline, and I invite you to join it. In this group, we're going to have fish keepers who chat fish, post pictures of their fish, and more. So please go join Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline and share pictures of your fish. On Friday... I'm going to make a major groundbreaking announcement for the Aquatic Wetline in that group. So if you call yourself a loyal listener of Aquatic Wetline, you're going to want to check out Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline on Friday. Also on Friday, we're going to have the news and announcements for, America, uh, for uh, Aquatic Wetline live here on Friday at 9 p.m. So... The, the news will be posted on the group and also on the air on Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern. All right. I would like to thank Donovan Barger and Jeff Jones, my two fish-keeping friends, for submitting their tropical fish questions. I hope the listeners enjoyed those wonderful questions and my answers, and I know those questions were very important to the tropical fish hobby, as I could have possibly, rent, uh, I could have, possibly have given out some uh, informal answers. I also want to thank those idiots that called into the show. I enjoyed laughing at your stupidity, and I thought that your call was uh, interesting at the very least. So thank you for calling in and making my night. And I want to thank all the listeners for tuning into the debut of the Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline Fish Keepers Q&A. Ladies and gentlemen, 
I present to you the next question and answer, October 25th, 2016, at 9 p.m. Eastern. Now, on that show, I'm going to answer your questions, and I'm going to do live Aquaria Divers Den and Blue Zoo Aquatic Spotlight, as well as Freshwater and Saltwater Spotlight. Ladies and gentlemen, start submitting your questions for October 25th Q&A at AquaticWetline at Outlook.com, or you can post your questions on Facebook in our group, Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline. Get your questions in because in 20 days, October 25th, we're going to have our second episode of Fish Keepers Q&A. Submit your questions now. AquaticWetline.com or Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline. And our uh, our uh, featured topics for next uh, for October 25th is freshwater spotlight, our freshwater gobies, freshwater puffers, removing go- uh, goldfish from ponds, good plecos and bad plecos, and in the saltwater spotlight it's going to be an ORA clownfish and venomous saltwater fish. So October 25th is going to be another fun show. I have to say I enjoyed myself on today's Q&A. Really, really good show. So make sure to submit your questions for October 25th, our next edition of Fish Keepers Q&A. Fish Keepers, keep on keeping fish and enjoy the hobby. Thank you for listening to the show. Don't forget to share this show with your friends on social media if you enjoyed the show. Aqua Alex here. Peace out. Thank you for listening and enjoy the fish keeping hobby. Adios, everyone. This episode of the Aquatic Wetline has concluded. Aqua Alex thanks you for listening to his show. Please check out Aquatic Wetline Fishkeeping Podcast on Facebook and hit like for tropical fish facts and more. Feel free to reach Aqua Alex at AquaticWetline at Outlook.com with any tropical fish questions. Your questions may make the show. Good night.